everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mind the Gap, Enablix's only podcast about sales and marketing alignment. I'm your host, Nick Zeke Lopez, and today I am joined by Alessandra Kalachi. Alessandra, how's it going? I'm great. How are you? I am well. I, um, I actually found you uh, uh, via uh, a Twitter thread. Uh, I, I, this, I think this is our first Twitter uh, uh, appearance. Um, but before we get into the, the Twitter thread and, and your new project, uh, could you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. So um, I, in my marketing career, have been working in marketing for about 15 or more years, um, have focused on mostly startups in the really early phase. And so a lot of times I'm the first marketing hire or like early on in a small team and then usually grow and scale the team, uh, you know, kind of as we scale each channel. Uh, I like to say I'm a, a deep generalist because I definitely have been very personally involved in every single marketing channel. Um, but, you know, now I'm currently at Mailshake, which is a fantastic um, sales engagement tool that um, really, you know, looks at how we can get touch multiple channels and have people engage with the with prospects and leads. And so um, love the culture here. It's been a really uh, good fit for just trying new things. And so I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about some of those things. Um, but that's where I'm at right now. Kind of a, a jack of all trades, also master of all trades type. Thing. Yeah, I like, um, I like that <laughs> distinction because I'm like, you know, I, I think it's very important to really sit within each channel, you know, throughout your career. And that way you understand the, the overall strategy. I and I think that that's what a lot of like the uh, general advice about how to be a generalist misses is like yes be a generalist be like a little bit good at everything but you still need to be a a real a lot bit good at some things um and because or else your your status as a generalist like like no one wants you know either the bench player or the utility player that's not really mm -hmm. that good at any one thing um yep. and so if you if you could start with that one thing whatever whatever channel that is um and then you know spread the love soon you're just pretty good at everything. And that's, I think, what people want out of the generalist role. Yeah, I think it's an important distinction. I mean, I, you know, a lot of times people really just very briefly touch on everything. Um, but I try to be, you know, either very closely involved or an individual contributor on each channel so that I could really understand, you know, what are the mechanics of it, what's possible, all that kind of stuff. So I wasn't just telling my team something, you know, that wasn't something that I knew personally I had a really experienced already. So, so you had marketing for what is primarily a sales tool. Is, is, is that correct? Yeah, correct. Um, well, so we have actually a pretty uh, even mix of sales and marketing folks that use our software. Uh, we do have marketing agencies and PR agencies as well, um, people who are link builders and things like that. Um, and then we have sales teams, um, you know, anywhere from small to mid-sized companies. We're primarily focused on SMBs just because um, you know, a lot of times people are trying to either do founder-led sales or grow a, a sales team, you know, initially for their startup. So um, that's, you know, kind of our, our bread and butter, what we have, have as our core audience. Now, I'm interested because most of the people that we have on the show um, are, are enterprise sales or marketers, right? You know, we're talking about like sales cycles and, and, and we're, you know, we're trying to get, you know, whether it be leads or demand gen or whatever, whatever that is. But Mailshake, correct me if I'm wrong, is primary, primarily product-led growth, um, not, not enterprise growth. Is that true? And do you guys have a sales team? Because I think there is this idea that, well, if you're, if you're PLG, you don't need sales. What, what is that like for you guys? Yeah, so I think with us, what's uh, interesting is we are very product-led. Um, we focus on simplicity, growing with like what the market needs, uh, what they really, truly need. I think a lot of times people add the bells and whistles, but 
we try and focus on keeping it simple with what they really need. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, that leads to word of mouth because a lot of people are talking about our product and saying, hey, this is what I use, especially, you know, if they're kind of similar size companies or industries. But um, that that's nice because that creates that motion that, you know, has kind of that word of mouth. And then we have a lot of focus on um, on how do we grow that with like brand awareness and all that. But, um, you know, I think there's the phases that people go through as they go through even something that they are coming in through through word of mouth. Um, a lot of times they need to remove friction. And um, it's very hard as a marketing team to understand all the friction points that you need to remove for every single persona. And so, you know, we have vast majority of people who do self-select into, a, we have clear pricing, everything's on the site, they can go through and, and sign up directly. But then we have, you know, anywhere from 20 to 30% of people coming in that that want that that personal touch. And they want to say, like, I want to talk to someone, I have some questions. Um, or maybe they're even earlier in the cycle and they're like, I, you know, I just need to learn more about cold, cold email or cold outreach. So our sales team is really, really impactful for that because... Um, you know, whether someone's really advanced in the sales cycle or not, um, I think they just need someone, they need to, to get on that call, see a demo or talk to someone. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, checking those boxes that they think are, you know, already checked, but, um, but they need to confirm and really have a personal touch of, to, to take it, you know, to the place where they understand this is definitely for them. So. And and I like what you said there, like maybe they just need to get over the, either, whether they need to get over the hump or they're just starting out and they want to talk to someone. I think, you know, every buyer is, is, is a little bit different mm -hmm. in that way. Now, how do you, with a sales team that is constantly taking, I, I want to assume mostly inbound sales motions of like, hey, I would like to talk to a salesperson. How do you enable sales and how do you find opportunities to, to work better with sales in that environment? Um, is it meeting with them? Is it talking with them? Uh, can you give me some advice for how to enable sales in like a product-led growth environment? Sure. So um, we are pretty, you know, quick with communication. A lot of times we just, uh, with any of our teams, uh, we talk via Slack or we'll have like, you know, async communication with video messaging or, you know, audio messaging. Um, so we do that a lot with our sales team. Um, and then we also, you know, kind of sitting in our, each other's meetings. So we're uh, optional invites on on each other's meetings. So um, our sales manager every single week will join the marketing meeting. Um, if there's anything that he has as a need or a question, then that's brought up. Or if there's questions we have for him, then that's a really good forum for us to do that. Um, but also our entire marketing team is an optional, you know, invite for, for both the outbound and inbound sales team. And that's been really great. You know, I think we've done more of that in, in the last few months. Um, and it's just even to even to just sit in and listen, even if we're saying like, hey, we can't actively participate in every meeting. Um, but if we are like, I'm, I'm going to join, I'm just going to hear what you have to say. Um, it helps as we especially, you know, we're growing the team pretty fast right now. And, you know, uh, both inbound and outbound teams. Um, and there's such perspective from all the people who are coming in that are new. Um, they have feedback for, you know, what they're hearing and we can really react quickly to that and say, okay, how do we, how do we enable you? How do we like, you know, provide things for, for the marketing side to make this better for you? Yeah. And, and I think that that perspective, and I imagine that many of your, especially being in sales, many of them may have used Mailshake in the past as well, which, which has to be uh, a huge benefit uh, to that. I think having the the sales reps that are like looking for whether it be help or assistance or they have their own ideas, 
is is that's that's huge um simply because they're looking for the interaction there mm-hmm. um i i know that there are a lot of like meeting slash call recording softwares and stuff like that the product that i want that i don't think exists is it records the calls all day and says all right for this week here's the two hours of snippet that you need to hear like i have taken all the important parts of all the calls and that's that's what it is because you had mentioned the calendar i you know i've been new you've been new you end up with like t- 20 hours of meetings in one day of your calendar, just like triple booked everything. And you're like, I, I no longer know what to go to. Yeah, I agree. I think that'd be great. Cause you know, um, our sales manager has tried to condense it and he's like, you know, kind of put, um, put together this document that we have a specific persona that we market to. Um, and it's been great. Cause that's at least like paring it down, but, um, having that automated would be awesome. And I think, you know, even within my own team, there are meetings that we make it very clear, Hey, this is optional for you. If you need to join and join for only part of it, or if you need to just like listen in and not actively participate, don't feel pressure to, to just cause you're on the call to actively participate. So I like that because then I, you know, me or my team members can join, um, even some of our marketing meetings, um, if they, if they just want to kind of get an, a feel for what we're talking about. Um, but they don't have to be like, you know, they can be working on other stuff and just kind of passively listening, um, yeah. which is a nice balance, I think, cause you, you really have to make that clear that it's not pressure to be engaged or to participate, you know, fully. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that like the working remotely thing did that where there was like a hump where like, I, I don't know about you, but there was a time where everybody was in every meeting, yeah. like, like, like a couple months in of like, everybody had to be. And then I think we got to the space of like, well, if you're not really contributing or taking anything, like it's okay to not be in a meeting. Like, like, like being busy is not, or like seeming busy is not good for you. And I think we've now settled into this detente of people self-selecting into the stuff that will be helpful to them and, and us also getting back time when we don't need it. Yeah. And that's it. I think that's a culture shift in each company too. Um, I've seen some companies who are doing fully asynchronous meetings and, you know, they use things like, like Yak or different tools to, um, to just say like, Hey, let's, let's all have a play, uh, some kind of thread where we have, you know, our, our up status updates or things like that. Um, I love that. I think, you know, we, at MailShape, we've, we've actually been remote for the whole time that we've been a company. And, um, so it was kind of before everyone else was, was trying this. So we've really perfected, um, the way that we can be asynchronous and communicate that. And I think that's the most important thing is like, you know, if you, if I message you at 10 PM, it doesn't mean I need a response at 10 PM, <laughs> you know? So I think it goes back to that, um, that kind of that mindset that has to shift within the company or, or like finding the right uh, cadence of that. Yeah. I'm going to get hashtag async 2022 trending. <laughs> I, <love it>. uh, <laughs> I will support that hashtag. Uh, no, yeah, it, it, it sounds good. It's got to, no, no, I want to shift into something uh, we were talking about recently, which is, and, and I see it everywhere, social advocacy for your brand on social networks and getting your, your employees, but more specifically, I think sales and marketing, it, it applies to, um, to post. Now, now I have my viewpoints on it. Can I hear from your marketing perspective? Are you trying to get employees to post about your brand? Obviously, you don't want to control or tell them what to post. What What do you see as best practices? What are you trying to do? What, what Can you tell me just a little bit about what that does? Yeah, I think um, I've always been an advocate of of social as a. I mean, I'll I'll preface this with these are multiple terms that I don't necessarily like, but it's what you know the industry has applied to them. So, um, so personal branding I feel is very important for anyone in their career, and then you know that kind of led me to. Um, looking at what some other people in the space were doing and then seeing how impactful it was for some, you know, some people in the sales space like Gong 
um, you know, or even one of our competitors outreach, um, you know, to be really active and to, and to be creating um, a space where people can, can build their influence. So not just for the, when they're there at the company, but even after. And um, I really found that that was, was something that was exciting to me um, because I felt like we could accomplish brand awareness while also helping people in their current, you know, status in their career as well. Um, so I was like, hey, how do we do that? How do we do that in a way that's um, authentic and not just like us pushing things, you know, for, for people to post? Um, and we kind of, you know, for some people, they were really comfortable with it out, out the gate, mostly as marketers. So on the marketing team, a lot of us were just like, yeah, we, you know, we create content all the time. This is, this is awesome. Um, and so a lot of people on my team really leaned into it, but then we, um, we opened up these forums where we'd have, you know, meetings, uh, once a month to have the sales team on there as well. And we'd talk through like what we're learning, what we're, what, what's working well for us on LinkedIn specifically. And that's ended up going really well because, you know, there was this open conversation and it was kind of like, if you want to participate, great. If you don't, you know, you can be kind of more of a passive uh, listener. And then when you're ready, jump in and start creating content. Then more recently for the sales team, we were like, well, you know, we can give you prompts and we can actually help, you know, help you with topics that might be helpful, especially, you know, they're new to the team. So there might be things that are relevant to them um, or blog posts that we have that you can like, you know, kind of create content from. Um, and so that was the, you know, the enablement side of it. And then we moved to um, a bit of a buddy system where people who, you know, on the marketing team who have been doing this for longer um, are working with the sales team um, to, to help them and like answer any questions or workshop any kind of posts that they're working on. And that's really worked well. Yeah, I think, I think you, you hit on something that I think is missing from from the reason that people don't post and, and maybe people don't want to post and that's, and that's absolutely fine. I was, I mean, honestly, prior to coming to Enablex, I was not a poster. I like, I didn't get it. And it was for two reasons. One, very little of what I saw did I find exciting or entertaining. Like, I, I think that you need, you need to feel the spark. Like you have to be like, oh, I want to share this. You're not sharing it because you're, you're supposed to share it. You're sharing it because it's a thing that you want more people to see. And if that's not there, then don't do mm -hmm. it. Um, and I, I think you could see when it's forced, right? Um, uh, which actually, let me, uh, let me, let me ask you, I'll put you on the spot. Do you agree with compensating for, for social posting or should it be more organic? What were your, what's your take? Um, I think for us, we were, we're really focused on how we do it from a perspective of their voice, you know, so it's not, it, it, there are times that we may have a launch, for example, and we will actually say, Hey, here's this, um, seated post. And we actually use LinkedIn, um, has a way for us to like draft a post for them. And we, but we like mm -hmm. very much say, um, this is a draft, you know, you don't have to say it this way. You can change it. Uh, another thing we do for those launches is we usually have like a fun video with employees or something like that. So it's not like the cheesy, you know, forced feeling kind of thing. Um, it has a fun angle. So people really like enjoy internally posting those because they're, they're not the same old, same old, um, and they don't feel very promotional, but also, you know, externally, we've had people really love it and say, man, I I've heard about you guys, but this is what really just like seal the deal for me. I love, I love your brand. I love your team. Um, so we kind of provide both those aspects when it's something that we want to announce out majority of it, I'd say, you know, 95% of it is, um, like whatever they want to talk about. So, um, a lot of times because we are salespeople selling the salespeople, <laughs> a lot of times it is a really good fit because they're talking about their experience in sales and all that. Um, but we have people talk about, you know, things like they're passionate about, um, our content manager loves reading. So she'll talk about books she's reading. Um, you know, our partner manager talks about mental health. 
Um, you know, there's really a wide variety of things that they feel empowered to speak about. And also they're not being, you know, curated or sign, having to sign off on a bunch of a bunch of people within the company saying, oh, only post this or that. Um, so that's been really great because it's worked well for them to really find their audience and their community um, each individually. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I, I see the post. I, 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 you can almost tell when someone's taken a seat of post and just reshares it for nothing. But, but, but I, I think you hit on a key thing there. If your salespeople selling to salespeople, right? At at my day job at Enablex, I'm, you know, I'm in marketing, marketing to, to salespeople and marketers, and I think that's why it it works. Um, I think that, you know, like I've had other jobs where we were selling to engineers. And so things like having medium articles was really important or like a sub stack of like, Hey, like you're actually contributing because it was just, it was a different medium. Oh, pun intended. No, but, but, uh, it, but I think that we're like sales and marketing right now are hanging out on LinkedIn. They're hanging out on Twitter, mm -hmm. like, like during work and that's where to be. And so it's just being where they are and then trying to incentivize other people to do that as well, because it's, it's, it's effective community building and selling, um, uh, Really? Yeah. And I'd say it's, um, it, it's a life skill that it's even a lot of times the hesitancy that people have is not necessarily that they're like, I don't want to do it. They just, it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing to start. Right. So even me, I'm in marketing and I always joke that like copywriting, I hate it. It's my nemesis. Like I just don't like doing it. Um, you know, even if I'm good at it, sometimes I think, you know, it's just like getting that motion and understanding that, mm -hmm. um, that there's permission for your from yourself to do that and so that's really important a lot of times we've had people have that aha moment where they're like i didn't think i wanted to really post a reactive but now i realize that this is really it's it has all these other benefits that are helping me grow personally and professionally um but they just need to kind of that little that little nudge and that little uh, help to do that mm -hmm. um and also just be like hey you know i think we're very much about experimenting seeing what works and doesn't work in our marketing so it's the same thing you know see what works uh, not every post is going to be a slam dunk it, it, some will have crickets and some will be great <laughs> yeah yeah um God, I love that. Like a uh, uh, sales quote is getting so many likes on LinkedIn or something like that. I I'm joking. Nobody should do that. But uh, <laughs> which, by the way, when you said taking risks, doing new things in marketing, uh, I do want to take a second uh, and say the if you guys go to like, what is it? Mailshake.com. I, I believe it's it's just your home video. Mm. The the interactive tour video is one of the cooler th that I first of all, that's you. So that's kind of cool, right? Yep. Um, second of all, Really cool thing. Um, it, it, I, I don't know that I've ever, I've seen enough, maybe I haven't, I'm not going to enough websites on the internet. Um, where did you get the inspiration for that? Like, where did that come from? Um, so I love video. I used to actually have an agency that was um, specifically mostly video focused. Um, we've just been like, how do we, how do we use video more? And then um, I had previously seen interactive videos or ones that were kind of personalized, but um, actually one of our partners, uh, Thibaut, um, I don't know how to say his last name. I think it's pronounced zeros. Um, he had on his website, this little bubble that was a video, um, you know, kind of intro. And I was like, Oh, let me check this out. Mm -hmm. I, I come from a technical background. So I like checked out the source code. I'm like, Hmm, this is this thing called Tolstoy. And then, so I, uh, looked at Tolstoy. Um, it's actually go, go Tolstoy.com. Um, and then I was like, this is so cool. I mean, I've been wanting to do this. We could do that with Vidyard, but I wanted like a kind of a standalone tool for it. Um, and I yeah. was like, this is, we need to, cause people come in, I think with any marketing site, they come in and they're like, is, is this for me? Like me specifically, you know, is this like for my situation or for my uh, industry or something like that? And so we're like, well, what if we do something that, um, 
that is uh, choose your own adventure, if you will, for for them for their specific like role and you know how they would use Mailshake. Um, and it's been great. I mean, it's one of those things where a lot of people engage with it, and it's um, I think it's helping them get further along um, in just understanding what the use case is. Yeah, I'm I that might be on our website within a month or two. I love the idea. I, I had not seen it before. I don't know if it's new. I, I don't know what it is, but uh, I, I love the idea. Um, you know, you, you had mentioned uh, posting on social. I, I actually wanted to take uh, this chance to call out a couple of the la few th last few things that you had posted on social and get your take on it. Uh, kind of an explain that gram, but for mind the gap. Mm -hmm. um, so this one, this was a little bit ago. Uh, it, it's a, a post on LinkedIn that starts with public service announcement. Never start an email with not sure if you got my last email. Um, coming from uh, uh, an email automation service, uh, do you see a lot of that? And do you, do you, I don't know if you see users' emails, do you see a lot of bad emails? Is that a pet peeve? And, and, and what can people do to make, I would say, you know, uh, third touch, fourth touch better? I see it. I think I'm just more aware of my inbox and what I'm seeing there, because obviously we want to show people to do it right. And so um, maybe, you know, I think all of us equally are just like, oh, we kind of roll our eyes at some things that are everyone's doing. And I think, you know, one of the things that we see everyone doing, uh, that's not unique to now. It's just forever, you know, that people will um, I think they treat their each email as if someone's seeing every single one of them. And, um, and you really need to catch attention every time. And the interesting thing to me is even if someone has expressed interest, you know, and they may kind of drop off and you still have to catch interest again or reiterate and everything. People are busy, their inboxes are, are full. So I, I did that that same day, I, I got an email that said that, you know, and I was like, I've never seen your previous email. I don't even know who you are. I don't know what this is. Um, so I was like, you know, it may be something I'm interested in if, I, if it had been more like kind of uh, leading with value and context. Um, it might have caught my attention, but instead it just like, you know, it, it blended in with the rest of the inbox. Yeah. It, it, and what I think it does is it puts it important on me, the sender of like, not sure if you saw my last email, why do I care? Like that, that's the wrong pronoun to be using buddy. Like I, I it's not, I don't care about you as I care about me and my time. Yeah. So I, I like your idea of each impression needs to be distinct. Each impression needs to be like the first time. And that's how you know if it has value or not. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the idea of this only makes sense after this. I don't know if cold email is the, perhaps an email newsletter, or, you know, I, I see the ideas for a choose your own adventure in email. That's cool. Um, but, but cold email is not the place um, <laughs> for that. And, and I, I agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, you know, something I want to say, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, you know, and I think as it brings up an important point of, of any channel, like that's not just cold email, but really in general, even as marketers, we think, um, we think like, oh, you know, they saw an ad before or whatever. I always joke like, you know, you can have something in bright red flashing letters and people still need to be reminded of it. So um, repetition is our friend. It's something that people will know more about you or it'll sink in in their brain the more you do it. Uh, speaking of, you you're yeah. saying uh, you might've been excited, but to throw you off, I, I wanna take another post mm -hmm. you said, um, where you said, Psst, your enthusiasm is showing. In a demo you were given, the AE was texting. Uh, now, now, first, I'm assuming this is a, a real thing, um, but can I ask, I don't know that I've ever either been on the receiving or, or, or providing end of that. What was it, a person just like literally so uninterested in showing you what they were doing that they were, they were just kind of like off to the side with their phone. Yeah, they were a hundred percent phoning it in. I mean, it was, it wasn't just the texting. I mean, unintended. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was Zoom, but we'll we'll take the pun. So, um, but yeah, they were they were so you know, just I feel like it was like I'm I was disturbing them, you know, and I was genuinely interested in their software. I was I was really you know they're actually like we're a pretty large player in the space, um, and I'm like. I felt like, are you here with me or is this, you know, and so it was, I think from the start to end that really pointed to, um, I understand, especially with AEs, a lot of times you're saying the same thing a thousand times, literally a thousand times. But mm -hmm. if you can find the the spark by finding kind of what makes that person passionate or what the true pain point is um, on the opposite spectrum, I've talked about like some really fantastic demos before. Um, where I was like, it opened my eyes instead to like potential. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't think about that. This is great. I'm so excited. I was pumped. I was more pumped after the demo than before the demo. This was definitely the opposite where I'm like, you're, you're texting, you're literally texting in the middle of it. Um, so yeah, not a great experience. <laughs> well, and, and it's to what you're saying earlier, like they should know they're selling to a salesperson or a marketing person. Like mm -hmm. we are the people that care about that kind of impression. Mm -hmm. Like specifically you're, you're selecting into an audience that's going to care if you, if you're showing up or not and you're not. Yep. So I want to talk about one last post. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a tweet you had uh, the other day. Um, and, and I want to talk a little bit more about it. It was, uh, you know, it was, it was thinking of starting a podcast or who wants to start a podcast with me called marketing is hard and we're just guessing. Uh, so, so first of all, before we, we get into what happened, you tell me like, what, what prompted the tweet? Did you, did you have a, was it, was it a bad day? Was it, was it a, uh, what made you think about that? <laughs> that that's what's hilarious. I think people are like, Oh, is it, were you really hating marketing that day? Um, and I, it's not that I think, you know, I was just kind of thinking through, you know, all the things that some things that we were trying that was, were working, some things that weren't. And a lot of times it's so surprising. You know, there were things that were like, this is a slam dunk. This is going to be like awesome. And it doesn't work. And then the opposite things that were like, mm, this is probably not going to be great. And we're like, oh, this is amazing. So I think it was more just like me thinking about how if you don't have that experimentation mindset, you're not going to figure it out, you know, because you may copy someone else or, you know, you may do exactly what some other playbook says and you still not win. Um, so I think I kind of was thinking through that and I was like, let me send this joke tweet. Um, completely not expecting. I was like, oh, yeah. two people, two people are going to like this at most, you know, and then it just blew up. <laughs> I was so expected. I, I don't expect <laughs> how it, how it was reacted to. Well, I, I think a lot of us in the marketing profession are like, yeah, that's it's, it should be okay to just be guessing. Thank you. Because there's this, I, and I think coming from other professions too, right? Coming from engineering or product management or something like that, it's, that's, you shouldn't be guessing. But I think when your job is to grab attention, that sometimes that's the best you can do is saying like, I've got data, you know, we, we had uh, Jason Oakley write and ask an expert about validating messaging. And he's, and, and something he said is, you know, at the end of the day, you just have to pick, mm -hmm. even if you don't have to, whatever data you have, you have to, you have to pick. And, and maybe that's rooted in guessing or an intelligent guess or something like that. Um, and I think that there's an imposter syndrome that goes along with that. It makes people nervous. And it sounds like something people want to hear about because you're, you're actually doing it. Is, is that correct? Yeah. So twist, I, I keep on joking. It's the most marketing ever thing to happen from that because um, after that, I was like, I was in meetings and things and I was just kind of like, this tweet seems to be blowing up, but I was just not really paying attention to it. And um, after I got out of the meetings, I was like, oh, this is really like, this has struck a chord. Um, and I'm like, you know, and I, I 
I kind of had the thought, maybe I should actually do this. Maybe you should make a landing page, but I was like, mm, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. And then towards kind of the end of that first day, I'm like, you know what? I just got to do, it. I got, I got to strike while the iron is hot. It reminded me when people were like, here's my SoundCloud link. You know, I was like, well, I got to have. Yeah, here's what, yeah, that's exactly. Oh, this is doing numbers. <laughs> I got to add my SoundCloud. I'm like, you know what? I got to make a landing page. Um, and the funniest thing is how, you know, that it was like so meta because I was just throwing something out there, see, you know, joking around. And then all of a sudden it turned into, oh, I'm actually doing this podcast. So it was like a perfect example <laughs> of that. You just try things. You, like you said, educated guesses. But then when you see that spark, you you roll with them and you actually capitalize on the moment. Uh, so, so if you, and we're going to have, uh, on the landing page here, we're going to have the, uh, uh, the landing page or on our podcast landing page, we'll have a link to yours, but that's marketing is hard.ck page. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And funny story about that. I had like an old active campaign account and I was like trying to throw it together. You know, um, I, I think that's what's so exciting about this. I was like, I need to make a landing page quickly and I don't have a website for it. I don't have a domain or anything. Um, so actually I used convert kit and I was like, this is so easy, but the inner perfectionist to me was dying because I was like, I have to do this quickly. I have to just get it out there and ship it. Um, but it's really, it was really cool to be able to see that happen in real time and just be like, let's just get MVP out there as, as quickly as possible. I'm imagining, uh, I would, I would, and, and we might have you write and ask an expert how to get a highly converting landing page in under two minutes. Yeah. Step one, have a tweet with 30,000 likes. <laughs> <Yeah>. Step two. <laughs> totally. And I think it's, you know, what's so interesting to me is like a lot of times that first version is just be good enough. You know, it can be fine. Um, and you can iterate from there. And, you know, now obviously I'm working on kind of how to make this happen, but, um, but just, I was, I, the, also I would share the learning with, with everyone. Um, I had a double opt-in on it initially and it was like going pretty well, but then I was like, well, you know, I don't really need double opt-in. I just clean the list later. And it was, it, then it just like started to blow up in terms of the opt-in rate. Um, and then coincidentally, I read a tweet right around that same time that was saying that like, I think it's a 60% improvement if you don't have double opt-in. And so, um, you know, it, it's one of those things, keep your list clean afterwards, but don't do it on the front end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gather now, clean later. Mm -hmm. Um, yep. That's the mantra of a uh, of single opt-in. Yeah. Um, no. So I, mean, I, I I I'm excited to hear about it uh, or to hear more about the podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm excited to see what, what comes out. I'm not going to hold you to any specific timeline, but I, I think this idea that whatever it's an imposter syndrome, whatever that is, of the idea that we're you know it's 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 hard. Mm -hmm. A lot of things are guesses, and and to hear more of, from people and and I'm sure your stories as well that <laughs> of what works, what doesn't work. Sure. Yeah. The fact that it was started by. I guess. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's what's so great about it. And I think um, I want to make it fun. I, you know, I am an avid podcast listener, but um, I want this to be fun, real, you know, as raw as, as it can be um, and, and trying different things with it, you know, so I think really, um, you know, seeing what we can do that's not being done with all these other podcasts out there. So, um, you know, I like you, you have some things in this podcast that I think are really unique. Um, so same thing, I want to really have like fun with it and just, you know, see what we can do to, to teach people and make it hopeful too. not just the marketing is hard part, <laughs> but marketing is hard. And yeah. You can do, you can make better and better guesses. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, no. And I think, you know, I, I think the format of like, have somebody on and ask them the same five questions and have a different, I think that's like a little bit played mm -hmm. out. I, I think just having authentic conversations about a topic that, you know, people uh, they either they're wondering about in the back of their mind or they, they can't seem to get. I think that's what podcasts are mm -hmm. for um, that. And 
obviously spreading misinformation about COVID. That's an important <laughs> that's reason. <laughs> that's the best everywhere, though. <laughs> that's more Facebook. Yeah, that's Facebook yeah, plan, right? <laughs> Yeah, a hundred percent. So, so um, before we get into the misinformation section of our podcast, no, um, but yeah, as as we wrap up here, um, is there anything else you would like to to plug? The, the floor is yours. Anything uh, you'd like to tell the people? about? No, I mean, I think I now obviously I'm I find me on Twitter because I think you know I've been more engaged on there and uh, really finding a good community there. I've mostly been on LinkedIn, so um, you know now I'm I'm on both of those places, but. Um, I'm always here for, for anyone who's really, you know, having that imposter syndrome at, at the moment, or, you know, maybe changing careers or things like that. Um, cause I know how that goes, you know, even, even at, at the senior leadership level, a lot of times you just, you just need a second kind of like opinion and you need someone to like chime in. So, um, so definitely here for, for anyone who might want to connect on social. And that's actually my next podcast. It's called imposter syndrome. We're going to sit down with executives. And we're going to talk about how even at the, that's actually a good. Don't sit, don't take that. I think that's I, a good idea. I, I was about to say, you absolutely do that. Cause that sounds fantastic. <laughs> I will. Awesome. I will. First, um, <laughs> yeah. For you know, first guest, uh, you're going to be VP of marketing. Yeah, yep, I, love it. I will. I will. Yeah. I will yeah it, it's, I, I, I love it because it's one of those like unsaid things that everyone has, no matter, you know, you could be, mm-hmm. 30 years in your career and it's still something that comes up, you know, periodically. So, um, so I, I think I always encourage people just like, know that you're not alone in that. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate our, our discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, Alessandra Kalashi. Thank you. Thank you. This has been mind the gap, a podcast about sales and marketing alignment put on by Enablix. My name is Nick Lopez. Thanks for listening.